Hi, this is Tia Sirkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it began. A desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this a bit more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. The garbage will do! Nothing will stand in our way. May the force be with us. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host, Eric Pfeiffer, joined, as always, by Jesse Sanfilippo. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode 161 of Twin Suns Transmission. We're going to be talking all about Star Wars Resistance on this show. And, Jesse, not only did we get a completion of season two, but we also got the completion of the entire series of Star Wars Resistance this past weekend. I know, it's crazy. This season has felt really, really long, and I feel like this climax of the story has been a really long time coming, so I'm excited to dig into it. Yeah, and the crazy thing is this year they did not do a big gap in the middle, you know? Like, they they usually, like, take a break over the holidays to let people go see like the rise of skywalker or things like that and this time they didn't do that so we just kind of got like you know everything every week which i mean i'm cool with that but right yeah i feel like it for rise of skywalker it didn't really you know matter too much because this all kind of seems to have happened before mm-hmm. um that episode so yeah so yeah it makes sense yeah. All right. Well, we are going to be talking about the last four episodes of season two um, of Star Wars Resistance. So obviously, if you have not seen those episodes, um, we are going to be talking about spoilers. Um, but let's go ahead, Jesse, and let's start getting into it. The New World is the next episode that we have here to discuss. And basically, in this episode, the Colossus, you know, they're, everyone's trying to find this new planet, right? A new planet where they can settle down and and you know they can thrive as a community um obviously castellan is no longer able to provide that for them so they're just trying to find a new planet and so they come across this planet eos and eos looks very similar to castellan right it's like an ocean planet and they'd be able to kind of probably probably settle down and get the the ship to land like it did on castellan and they'd be able to get their races going and everything um, but obviously this planet does not work out for them. Yeah, this planet was really gorgeous, though. And even, like, the alien species that we find there, like, it's just uh, the design and the way their armor looked, everything about them was just really gorgeous. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the aliens that they encounter on this mission. And and basically the aces are, are sent out to do some recon to see if there's anything going on out there. And Griff and Kaz are the only ones that don't come back right away from the recon mission. So obviously they run into these aliens. And, and what do you think of these aliens? I mean, they kind of had like, like webbed feet a little bit, but the way that they walked kind of reminded me of Zeb. Like his oh. the Zeb feet. <laughs> yes. No, I just thought they were really cool looking. Um, I thought it was interesting to kind of like see a people who were kind of caught in the crossfires, you know, being wary of being caught in that same fight. Like they, Mm -hmm. they aided the resistance before and now they got, you know, they got a slap on the hand for it by the first order coming after them. And now they're in that position again. So, I was actually surprised how quickly they were. I mean, you know, it took them a while to come around to Kaz, but I'm just surprised they were on board for, you know, basically bringing this risk upon their people again, eventually. Yeah. And it really just goes to show you not to judge people, too, because, I mean, if you think about the way that Kaz was initially trying to communicate with these, you know, alien species... 
I'm Kaz Zuda Ziono. This is Griff. Uh, you know, right. and yeah. it's like, mm, maybe don't do that. <laughs> um, maybe let's just try basic and go from yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. But I did like Griff laughing at Kaz. Of course, you know, that's just everyone laughs at, at Kaz's expense. <laughs> but um, I thought it was really cool also that we get a little bit more from Griff. And as the seasons go on, you know, we get a little bit more from like Freya, a little bit more from Bo, a little bit more from Hype. I mean, Hype is always a personality. And so he's always sort of made his presence felt. But now we get a little bit more from Griff. And I thought it was really cool to get a little bit more on his backstory relating to the Empire and Doza as well. Yeah, I was surprised. I kind of had, like, come to the, I don't know, like, I kind of felt like we were never going to hear what his story was. Like, he was always going to be that mysterious guy that had, you know, Empire backgrounds or whatever. Um, So this is really cool that... Him and Doza, it was, Doza was his commanding officer. Yeah. So that was a surprise. And it was almost like Doza, like, recruited him to leave with him. You know, like, hey, let's get out of here. Like, you can come with me type thing. Yeah. They must have just been, like, close. And Doza saw the corruption from up high. And he let his buddy know, I guess. Yeah. I like that he said that the Empire wasn't worth fighting for. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the sort of like the plot of this episode. So they're trying to find the Colossus is trying to find a new planet to live on. But obviously we know that the First Order is also sending out these probes to sort of um, deal with planets that had previously had rebellion outposts, you know, these rebellion bases uh, during the Galactic Civil War. And we get to see in this episode that Yes, on Aos, there was a Rebellion outpost, and this this is one of the planets that the Rebellion operated from. It was like a command station, which was really cool to see. But knowing this, and knowing that the First Order sort of has this, like, um, you know, these, these probes out there, um, by the end of the episode, basically, Kaz does not feel comfortable keeping the Colossus where it's at. Um, so what do you think of this whole situation and uh, sort of like the First Order control over the galaxy almost? They're, they're still doing a lot, even though we don't see it. Yeah, and I think what freaked me out the most about all that is is Tam's reaction to to their complete, you know, control of the galaxy. And, like, she's overwatching you know, these probes being sent out and she's just kind of like looking off in the distance. And even Rucklin says something to her, like, like this is going to take control of the entire galaxy and our time is coming or whatever. Um, I don't know the exact quote. And Tam was like, yeah, whatever just gets me, you know, back in my ship to keep flying. Right. Whoa, Tam. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I was I was kind of surprised that she said that because I felt like she was you know she she kind of was seeing a little bit in the past few episodes you know I don't know she's always been in between of you can never really tell how she's feeling towards the first order she never really seems fully solid on it so when she said that I was just like oh geez Tam all she really cares about is flying like this all really stemmed from Tam just wanting to be a pilot. Do you think, though, that her saying that was sort of just like, shut up, Rucklin. Like, just let me do my thing. You know, like, I, I really feel Maybe. like Tam Tam is not blinded by what the First Order is doing. But I, I feel like she doesn't really view Rucklin as a friend either. And so she, like, Rucklin will be like, oh, you know, he'll say something and Tam will just be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I don't yeah. really feel like Tam is really cares what Rucklin says. <laughs> So. No, I think she thinks he's kind of like a meathead. So yeah, yeah. I guess that I guess that kind of makes sense that she's just trying to get him to shut up. Um, yeah. 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 Well, this episode was really cool. It was cool to see some of the new alien species. Obviously, you know that um, the Colossus is going to be looking for a new home, so it was kind of cool to see them searching for this new place. 
um, but definitely does not work out. So that's where this New World episode ends, and the next episode, which is titled No Place Safe, begins. And uh, this was sort of a, a two-part episode. They actually aired on the same day, um, which I believe was the first time that they had two independent episodes air on the same day uh, for this season. Um, if I'm not mistaken, but, um, at the beginning of this next episode, Jesse, Kaz ends up basically trying to leave, leave the Colossus. Um, it's time for him to leave and, and join up with the New Republic. So he contacts Norath and, um, it's, you know, he, he begins making the preparations to go. So were you expecting Kaz to basically be like, peace out, I'm out of here in this episode? Um, I mean, we could kind of tell that that was where he was leaning towards the end of the previous episode, um, you know, settling down on another planet to be out of the way and hidden away from the First Order. You could tell right away that Kaz was kind of disappointed with that. And he's been talking, you know, ever since meeting Norath, he's now been had this connection again back to resistance missions. So I wasn't too shocked. It, it made sense for for. For Kaz, like if if that was going to work out for the Colossus, that's not where he could let himself be. We kind of even heard that from his conversation with um with Griff. He was like, "How could you just, you know, leave the fight?" And he wasn't even asking, "How could you just like abandon the Empire or whatever?" It was like, "How could you? How could you just walk away from like that whole rebellion Empire like fight?" And Griff was like, "Well, I'm still alive." And that's all that really matters. But Kaz just, like, can't. That's not all that matters to Kaz. It's just living. He, like, has to be a part of it. Yeah. And if you think back to where this all started, I mean, he joined the Resistance. And he was a Resistance spy. And that was his whole reason for even being on the Colossus. And so now, you know, come to Season 2 and... And the First Order is, is really after the Colossus, and so it's time for Kaz to sort of embrace his destiny, if you will, and kind of, you know, do what he was meant to do and, and, and join up with this resistance that he joined in, you know, the first part of Season 1. Um, obviously, when, when you are with a, you know, quote-unquote family, like the Colossus, you become really close with some of the people like Niku and Tora and Yeager. And it's interesting to me how each one of those characters sort of reacted in a different way when they found out that Kaz was leaving, right? If you look at Niku, Niku was so sad and you could see the yeah. tears in his eyes and literally would not let him go and was just like holding on to him as tight as he could. And and then you have Tora who shows up and she's like mad. Like she's like, yeah. how could you leave us? You know, how how could you do this? And she's angry. She was, she was feeling abandoned for sure. Yeah. And then if you look at Yeager, Yeager's like, you know, I know why you joined here. I know why you're here. And I want to give you the fireball. Go ahead. Good luck. This is for you. You know, so it's interesting to me how you have these three characters that are obviously really close with Kaz and they all react in a different way to him trying to leave. Yeah, I I was so bummed out by um, Niku, like for that moment where you really think Kaz is going to leave, Niku was like going to end me. So I love yeah. that we kind of like brought back, he brought in his um, his old trophy, his old lucky trophy from the very, very beginning of season one mm -hmm. came back to comfort Niku. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of these little, little tiny things that, you know, in the beginning of season one are now coming, coming back in season two. And I think that's what makes the show really good too, is that, you know, for those of us who've stuck with it since the beginning, we get all these cool nods to things from the first season. Um, so like we talked about when talking about the previous episode, the probes are sent out throughout the galaxy, and, and this probe across Aos, it sees Kaz leaving in the fireball to go to the Resistance, and um, this causes Kaz's ship to sort of get wrecked. And he goes back to um, the Colossus on Eos, and uh, 
you know, this is sort of what gives um, a little bit of the he uh, heads up to the First Order uh, as far as, like, where the Colossus is. And so, um, you know, he tries to warn everybody, Kaz does. And, um, you know, I feel like this is sort of, uh, again, you know, we've seen Tam kind of conflicted throughout the second half of the season, but... Um, you know when you when you see what happens and what the first order does tam really she really uh, seems conflicted at the end of this episode she also gets promoted to second squadron commander at the end, yeah which is awesome but even when that happens like she doesn't seem excited like mm -hmm. you know she's like oh okay yeah like i'll do it like she's not she doesn't have that same like ambitious drive of like a regular, you know, first order or like old empire person where they like have that ambition to keep moving up and up. She was just kind of like, eh. like she, it almost made her feel like uncomfortable. I felt like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I say like, it, it really shows her being conflicted because, you know, she's sort of just like, like nonchalant about everything almost. Um, which obviously that's not who Tam is, you know, she's very passionate and, and if she's just sort of brushing things off, like it's nothing, it's like, okay, something's not right here with, with where Tam is, you know, mentally. Yeah. Um, but that brings us to our next episode, which is rebuilding the resistance and at the end of No Place Safe, we get to see, um, the Colossus leave Aos and um, this one, Rebuilding the Resistance, Jesse, it was maybe my favorite episode of the whole season, um, just because we got to kind of see everything kind of come together, and um, Doza at the end basically was like, you know what, it's time to join the fight, it's time to like stop running, we're in this. Norath and Hugh and all these characters, we get them, and they are, you know, welcomed aboard by Doza, which is really cool. Yeah, I love that. I love that that decision not only, you know, brought Doza onto putting making the Colossus an official part of the resistance, but also it brought his own little family back together mm -hmm. with him and Vanessa and Tora. Um, which is a good which was a really, really happy moment. Yeah. So at the beginning of this episode, Rebuilding the Resistance, we get these Resistance fighters that show up on the Colossus, and um, obviously that's Venisa, and she comes with Jade Squadron, who, which is the which is Venisa Squadron, and Norath is a part of that, and Hugh, um, who is a friend of Kaz when they were flying for the New Republic, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Hugh is the character that we see in basically the first scene of the first episode of season one um he's sort of kaz's yeah. flying buddy yeah yeah he is and he is um i learned this in uh buckets lists uh which are on starwars.com after every episode in the episode guides he's voiced by sam whitwer whoa that's awesome yeah <laughs> it's really cool to see how some of these characters or some of these voice actors sort of recycle their voices and change it up a little bit and become different characters so yeah that's awesome and that moment too i don't know if you got a very like luke and and biggs vibe yeah. from that mm -hmm. moment it's like hey i know you <laughs> yeah yep that was pretty awesome and we also get this we get dantooine so the whole point of this episode is vanessa shows up with her squadron to the colossus and there's a series of recruits that are on a First Order occupied planet, Dantooine, and so it's sort of this rescue mission to go grab them uh, from the surface, and obviously, um, you know, Doza wants to keep as many aces as he can to defend the Colossus, but he allows three aces to go and help out, um, obviously being Kaz, Tora, and Hype to help out the Resistance to go um, get these recruits and the fact that the aces were there flying alongside the resistance fighters is almost I mean that's basically what gave away to like even Rucklin and, and the First Order the fact that the Colossus was helping out the resistance at the time you know yeah 
not just Kaz, Sorry. but like all the aces. Right. Yeah, that's so true. Because yeah, at that point, it had only that only been about Kaz and Eager. They had always just been after Kaz and Eager, but they're all in the fight now. Yeah, and. I saw there's there's something that Vanessa says. She says we are the spark, and she yes. tells this. She tells that uh, she says that in this episode, and you know we get a lot of that similar verbiage with Poe, uh, you know, in the sequel trilogy, and so it's kind of cool to see similar verbiage sort of said again in this episode. Yeah, as soon as I heard her say that, I was like, oh, she's spreading Poe's. She's spreading Poe's preachings. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So we obviously know that Agent Tierney has Tam's communication device in her little, you know, drawer in her office and her desk. Um, And that becomes, uh, you know, a main point in the next episode. Uh, before we go into the final episode, the series finale, Jesse, do you have any final thoughts on um, the new world, no place safe, or rebuilding the resistance? Um. Yeah. Um. For sorry, I'm just reading through my last couple of notes I have here. Um, I thought especially in this episode is when I I feel like we really got that turn for Tam to start like being like okay she she really isn't totally on board with what's going on with the first order when they started talking about um, attacking these unarmed transports this is all part of this episode right I'm not mixing together right right mm-hmm. okay for some reason I thought I got ahead of us um and she she gets chewed out for for being like, oh, we're going to attack these unarmed ships. Like, she gets chewed out for it. And then later when she goes to talk to Tyranny and Tyranny's kind of asking her if she's okay. Um, and Tam's like, no, I'm good. I just got made squadron commander or I just got made second in command in my squadron. But it's almost like she's like tr- convincing herself that she's good because of these things but like she never actually seems like she feels good about where she's at yeah well in this episode lieutenant gallic ends up dying she gets shot down by i don't know if it was an ace or if it was a x-wing um but basically the first in command of tam's squadron gets shot down which obviously means that tam is in charge um, and it turns out that Rucklin actually takes down the shuttle full of the unarmed people, you know, the, the innocent people. And, you know, we, we get to see Tam in this episode say like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. like you said, she's sort of like second guessing herself and she finally re- realizes like, this isn't right, you know? And then Rucklin gets pissed because obviously, you know, it was at the time Tam's, it was Tam's squadron because Lieutenant Gallic had been destroyed. And so it was Tam's, you know, she was leading the mission at that point, but still Rucklin was the one that took her, took out the, the shuttle and yet Tam again gets promoted. So obviously there's a little jealousy there on Rucklin's part. Yeah, and Tam even, and it's honestly a little bit justified for Rucklin, even though he's the jerk in this story. Because yeah. um, Tam tried to get them to go back. She was like, "Half our, they've taken out half our squadron, let's retreat. Um, and she even tried to stop him when Rucklin went in after, um, after she became first in command. She was like, Rucklin, what are you doing? Or Rucklin, no, or whatever. And he just went for it anyways. So yeah. I, could, I could see why he'd be a little annoyed <laughs> that she became the leader and he yeah. did it. Yeah. Rucklin does some pretty ruthless things in this series, um, but I guess he's kind of a jerk, so it's whatever. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the series finale titled The Escape, which is also um, a two-part episode, essentially. And this was over 40 minutes, which was really cool. And uh, to be honest, Jesse, what I do when I watch Resistance is I either record it or I watch it on um, on demand. 
so I don't have to like watch the commercials or anything. And and this one, um, it was so it's obviously airs on Sundays. It was Monday morning. I had woken up and I had got my coffee. And Monday is essentially my Friday, so it's like the last day of my work week. So I'm like super ready for Star Wars, super ready to not have to go to work the next two days. And so I'm like kind of on relaxation mode. And so I put on Resistance and um, I was all excited. And then we get some really heart-wrenching moments in this episode. And it's like, okay, I need some more coffee. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was, it was really, it was really cool um, the way that they ended it. And um, obviously, you know, we'll talk more about everything that happens. But to me, when we get to see Tam... Um, and her reunion with Yeager, um, that was really powerful. And also, when at the end of the at the series, when full Tam Demption comes back onto the Colossus and requests permission to come on board from Doza, like that was, I was like, yeah. oh my god, don't kill me right now. Like, <laughs> no, like it was awesome. I have a lot to say about her reunion with. Eager. I don't know if we want to get into that now, but sure. yeah, let's go into it. Yeah, that like was crazy to me. I don't know. I don't know why it hit me so like it. It kind of reminded me of like it's like a parent, right? Like where he and he has he actually went on. I believe it was in this episode where he's talking yeah he's talking to Kaz right before Tam meets up with them and he's like it's like Kaz asks him why didn't you just let Tam have the fireball because he's telling her that's all telling him that's all she ever wanted is to mm-hmm. fly and race and so yeah that's like what I'm sitting here thinking too until Kaz says it and he's like well I just I just didn't want her to, to fly away I didn't want her to leave me or whatever and it's such like it's so sad because it's such like a parental thing to do to just like want to keep someone with you and keep them safe. And, and then he, it's, it's the same reason he lied to Tam. And then when they meet again, like there's like that, like anger behind it still, yeah. which is like, so it's so real. Like it was just very, it, it, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting because it's a, another one of those things where everybody reacted in their own way to her coming back, just like everybody reacted in their own way to, you know, Kaz wanting to leave for the resistance. So I thought that was just like a very raw and very like real parental figure like reunion to be like, like well, I was just trying to protect you and it ended up like ultimately pushing you away. Yeah. But you still lied to me, and, and you know, I, I yeah. obviously didn't, I didn't want them to fight when I saw them come together, just because you're like, no, I stop know. yelling at each other, you know, you <laughs> finally got to meet back up again, and and Tam obviously has a different outlook now, um, and so it just sucks that, you know, Tam was like, but you lied to me, and then Yeager was like, well, I just wanted what was best for you, and, you know, luckily Cass was there to be like, okay, time out you know right um to sort of settle that but it was it was cool to see you know kaz sort of saying like oh tam it's good to see you again like all she does is she just gives him a hug you know she she at that point knows where her home is and i think you know it was cool to see her to see her come back to that family um as time went on in this episode and I think Kaz said something like oh yeah things are back to normal or something and Tam's like almost or whatever and I'm thinking like if you were in that situation where like you had a friend who you guys got into an argument and then you know didn't talk to each other for a while and in fact you know found each other on opposing sides on whatever it is and then all of a sudden the person comes back and you know wants to be your friend again and you know it's yeah you want to accept them back but at the same time you're also still going to be a little bit apprehensive you know like yeah it takes time to get over it it takes time to get over the hurt of whatever said person did and it, it does take a while for things to go back to normal yeah and i think you know yeager's biggest issue was trusting you know just trust Mm -hmm. her again um, but we know that Yeager has some major trust issues. I mean, even with his brother Marcus, like, 
you know, Yeager, and he has a past with trusting people. And he even said that Tam reminds him of Marcus. So that, that mm-hmm. completely makes sense that he would basically treat her as if she was going to make the same decisions Marcus did. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Tam and her coming back to the Colossus and coming back to um, the members of the of that family. So we obviously had a, a special code between Tam and Niku, which is allow which is what allowed um, Yeager and Kaz to essentially create this va- rendezvous point with Tam on Castellan, which is cool. It was cool to go back to Castellan and see the the race rings and everything and, you know, to go back to the place where Bebo, Bebo lived. And yeah. It was cool. <laughs> that was super sweet. It was yeah. sad to see the rings, like, all, like, decrepit and, like, half-hanging. Yeah. It was weird. It was, like, one of those things where it's, like, you go away from home for a while and you come back and it's still home, but everything looks, like, it feels feels different like yeah. that's what it felt like but it was cool to see to, to to have kaz comment on that you know oh i crashed into this ring during my first yeah. race like, you know <laughs> that's not surprising kaz you probably hit all the other rings too at some point right <laughs> <laughs> um but what was cool when i was thinking about this is that you know there are crucial moments in this episode that actually make things more important. And, you know, you called me before we recorded today and, and you were basically like, I think I'm missing part of this episode. And the beginning part somehow either got, I don't know what happened on your end. I don't know if it just didn't get recorded or, or something, but, um, you kind of had a little bit of a, of a different reaction after not seeing the first part of this episode. Yeah, I honestly, like, I had watched it a couple of days ago. Like, the day, I think it was the day after the episode aired I watched it because I work on, on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just remember it ending and, and being, like, sitting there with my husband. And obviously he doesn't care. Like, he watches things with me, but he'll just, like, enjoy it just because it's something to watch. Um, and I just looked at him and I was like, oh, I don't care about that. Like, I don't understand. I have this, like, feeling where I just, like, kind of, like, okay. Like, I guess it's over. Like, I, because I missed the whole first two minutes. And even when the the episode started, I was, like, this doesn't seem like the start of the episode. And then I felt like I, like, I was, like, going through all my DVR and trying to figure it out. And I was, like, well, I guess it is the start. I mean, it says it's an hour. Like, it makes sense. Like, and I finally just ended up accepting it as right and then I started seeing everybody's reactions, like, online. Everybody was like, oh, my God, so emotional. Like, holy, oh, wow, it's, it's it's so everything. And I was like, why do I feel like this? I've never felt like this for anything Star Wars or anything. Like, I've never felt, like, disappointed. And then finally I was like, I've got to be missing something. This isn't right. Yeah. And I literally called Eric and made him I made him tell me what the beginning of the episode was, realized I hadn't seen the beginning. It was a good, like, what do you think, five minutes? Mm, yeah, it could be, something like that. And we FaceTimed over Facebook <laughs> Messenger because I could not get the episode. Like, I, I could not get it to start at the right time on my DVR. And I, I watched the first five minutes through Facebook time on eric's phone yeah (laughs) and honestly it changed everything like the power of technology yeah the power of technology and the power of that those five minutes to completely change how i felt about an entire like series finale like yeah those were some really important moments (laughs) in the beginning of the episode well, because the beginning of the episode is the First Order literally just obliterating the village on yeah. Eos and just, yeah, like, taking no out those innocent people. And that was Tam's big aha moment. That was her Finn on his first mission, seeing them destroy the village, innocent people moment. Like, the real explanation, the real turning point, the real reason she left the First Order. Yeah. And I missed that at first. <laughs> yeah. Obviously... The weight of the remaining part of the episode is not going to be as as great if you miss that right. part, for sure. Um, 
So, turns out, Rucklin, obviously, being the little weasel that he is, um, informs the First Order where the Colossus is, and then we get this kind of really big battle between the Colossus and the First Order, and the Aces, and the Resistance, and it was, it was a big battle. It was, it was pretty cool to, to see the space battle of this magnitude, um, in Resistance. I thought it was awesome. It was cool to see how they were able to, the Colossus was able to stand up to this Star Destroyer. Like, I don't know why I just didn't know. I didn't think the Colossus had it in it, you know? Yeah. I feel like that was part of why we kept running is because they're not, it's not really like a, it's not like a starfighter. Right. It's not meant for, you know, big giant space battles. It's more of like a fueling station. So the weapons aren't going to be as you know, effective against a, a vessel designed specifically for galactic domination. But I th- uh, thought it was cool because I feel like this is the first time, or maybe it's just one of the few times that we've seen like an entire group just resist all at once. Like, and it's not like they're, yes, they like have a small amount of resistance, you know, fighters on the ship that they've just allied themselves with the resistance, but like, it was one of those like true moments where they the people stood up and fought back and everyone did it together and like that's like the only way i feel like you could truly overpower something like yeah the empire or the first order let's talk a, a little bit about that because one of my favorite parts of this episode was doza addressing the members of the colossus in aunt z's um like bar restaurant um, and it was really kind of cool to see the way that he handled it. And then when Niku finally brought in the transmission, so like prior to that, everybody was like, we're not going to war with the first order. That's suicide. You know, this makes no sense for us. And then when they see that, that Kaz literally sacrificed himself to save the Colossus, be like, you know, you guys got to get out of here. The first Order's coming, go save yourself. Um, and even when he was captured and, you know, he was talking to Commander Pyre, he's like, yep, you guys can come out of hyperspace. The Colossus isn't going to be there, you know, and, um, that's at that point, like with this transmission that Niku brought and then the presence of Tam, Mm -hmm. I think really made everybody stop and say, you know what, these are our friends. These people are, are doing what they can for us. Let's help them out. Let's do whatever we can to help them out. I feel like it was the fact that both of them were there just being like, you guys just need to go. Like, like yeah. they were, like, exactly what you were saying, like, telling them that we're sacrificing ourselves for you so you get out. And that, yeah. like, they just couldn't let that happen. Yeah. And to be honest, I love Dancy in this episode just because, I mean, she's just awesome all the time. Um, yeah. But she's like, we have to help. And then you see her with like a giant cannon, just like shooting people, <laughs> shooting right. the first order <laughs> later on in the episode. It was just awesome. It was yes. awesome to see her kind of, you know, get on the front lines and just start blasting people. I know. Even uh, I wish I could remember his name. Your little janitor guy that you love so yeah. much. <laughs> I loved seeing him just like, <laughs> just like lets his little floor cleaner run wild. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, even Flix and Orca were out there shooting people and and doing what they could. Everybody, I mean, really sort of rose to the occasion and and understood the the importance of, you know, resisting and standing up to the First Order and and doing what they can to save their friends. Um, So that was that was that was awesome. That was super cool. Um, So what do you think about the ending of this and, and how the First Order sort of, their Star Destroyer essentially blew up, right? So I'm assuming Pyre and Tyranny and all those, you know, major characters from the series also blew up on that ship. So they're just dead, right? Right. That's what I would say. Yeah. Um, So obviously that's that's pretty cool. Um, (laughs) All those (laughs) those scumbags. So I could, I can't, I could be forgetting this, but where was Rucklin when that whole thing happened? Was he on the Star Destroyer? Yeah, I think he's in there. Because they rescue him from Castellan and bring him back, but, but yeah, Yeah. because I think Tam punches him in the face. Yeah. She like knocked him out, right? And that's, yeah, yeah, Rucklin's dead too. 
Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty. Pretty intense for yeah. For the Disney. Here you go, kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody dies except for the good guys. I mean, that's pretty to, up to par with a Disney kids show. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was pretty awesome that we got the executioners also. It was yeah. cool to get them back and it kind of ties everything together with the sequel trilogy as well. Because those those characters would be who would, you know, be doing the executions. Right. So. And I thought that that like moment with um when, when there's like fire fire all around them and Kaz, you know, gets up from underneath that big crate or whatever it was that fell on top of him and it's just Kaz and Empire for like that moment with like yeah. the, the big executioner axe. I was like, oh, this is such a um, The Last Jedi moment with, like, Finn and Phasma, even, yeah. like, tires all shiny and everything. Like, it was just, like, a perfect, like, mirror image of that moment in The Last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There were so many great scenes in this in this finale. And I, I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast if you haven't watched the show, but I highly recommend <laughs> giving the show a chance if you haven't. Um you know, just because, yes, it is made for a younger audience, and yes, there's a lot of, you know, falling and tripping, and, and you know, Niku just not understanding people's verbiage and, and things, <laughs> but, you know, it's got a great message. It really does have a good message, and mm -hmm. it really adds to the story of the Resistance fighting the First Order. Yeah, I, I definitely thought it did a good job of... Of bringing of bringing the prequel trilogy together and and showing you know what's happening behind the scenes in other areas, I I really did enjoy this show. Yeah, and speaking of sort of adding to the sequel trilogy and bringing everything together, we did get Kylo Ren in this finale, and um, he only had a couple scenes, but the scenes that he was in, it was very Vader like, right? It was like yeah. oh. If you fail me again, you guys are going to shoot each other or, you know, you're going to get force choked through this hologram or whatever. Like it was he was being ruthless in those transmissions. He also like force controlled them to like shoot, like to threaten that they would shoot each other, basically. Yeah. Yep. Like crazy powerful stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Don't worry, obviously right? that's. That's, you know, it's it's something that we've seen before as far as, like, controlling people through the holograms. But, you know, the magnitude of those actions, literally, like, having them take their own blasters out of their holsters attached to their leg, standing up and about to shoot the person in front of you I know. unwillingly, like, that's super serious. That's, like, yeah, it's, it's a more intense threat than just, like hey, I'll kill you if you don't do this. It's, hey, I'll make you kill your friends, too. Like, it's yeah. just, like, really dark stuff. Yeah. But we know what happens to Kylo Ren in the end, so it's fine. So we love him, <laughs> and it's all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before we finish up here, just give me your thoughts on um, the ending. And so Tam kind of coming back and permission to come aboard and you know you see her look around and everything and it is it was pretty emotional it was really emotional for me and they they sort of said oh you know welcome to the family or like whatever the colossus family you know everybody there is is family yeah it was it was a super sweet moment to see her like slowly re reassimilate with each individual person um back into into being a member of that family and i feel yeah. like my favorite reunion of all was between her and Niku um, mm -hmm. just because he like he doesn't he's he's so forgiving and we knew that's how he was going to be but at the same time he doesn't like gloss over it like he recognizes that she made a mistake he's like it, you made a mistake it's fine like summer everyone <laughs> makes mistakes yours was huge but yeah. it's fine <laughs> but like it's fine like yeah it's like he recognizes you know that she has done this and that what she did was bad but like he he just like allows everything to go right back to normal and treats her like his best friend that he has always had and and just is just so forgiving of her and it's I just thought it was really sweet how quickly and easily you know it's that's it was just the niku way everything about niku 
Yeah. Nico's a great role model. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, definitely agree. And um, I'll just start here before we just end our show. Um, Resistance is over. Obviously, we didn't get to spend as much time with Resistance as we had with Star Wars Rebels and even now Clone Wars, which we're getting later this month. Um, But, you know, I think that they did a fantastic job including characters like Kylo Ren and Phasma and Poe and BB-8 and Leia, characters that we're familiar with, with these new characters and making us care for characters like Tam. Like, it was clear Mm -hmm. that all of us cared that where Tam ended up. You know, we wanted her to come back to the Colossus. And we wanted her to be with Yeager and be with Kaz and be with Niku. Um... We obviously cared for Kaz, you know, you, you, you spend two seasons watching this character grow and they even talk about him and his abilities as a mechanic getting better over time and, you know, his plans work now, like he can do things. <laughs> He's a real know? spy. Yeah. Um, and even Yeager, you know, you, you view Yeager and I know at the beginning of season one, some people are like, oh, Yeager could be this first order spy and... You know, I don't know if, I can't remember if either of us thought so, I don't think so, but, um, you know, you there's just question marks about everybody at the beginning, and now yeah. the series is over, and you love these characters. Yeah, it was, it was a short, it, it's amazing how quickly you are able to fall in love with them. Like, when I heard this was only going to be two seasons, I, I was super bummed about that, but they did a really good job of, getting the character growth and the character arcs across um, during these two, they're decently long seasons. Like 18 episodes is a pretty good, a pretty good size mm-hmm. season, um, especially when you account for some of these two par- partners. But I think also just like knowing like the actors too, like and seeing them all be so excited and be, you know, seeing their characters in them at um, Star Wars Celebration really yeah. brought that you know element to it and seeing i just love seeing people love being a part of star wars um and i do really there's so many of these characters that i just really really love and admire and i'm sad to see their stories end yeah well i do have to say that when we went to star wars celebration in chicago last year and we went to i think it was just amanda and i that went to the season two panel um, we had Hype Faison, Donald Faison, the actor who plays Hype, he literally ran around the entire, like, auditorium, he was so excited, jumped off the stage, went around, and the whole audience was cheering and everything, and, you know, right after that panel, I went to go get the autographs of all these Resistance, like, cast members and voice actors and actresses, and... I just remember, like, one of my highlights um, was Myrna Velasco. Like, just meeting her and seeing her and seeing how excited she was to be a part of this fandom and a part of this community and family. Um, and then we had her on a couple months later to, to talk about, you know, resistance and everything. And it was awesome. Like, she's so cool. And then Christopher Sean, right? I mean, we've interacted with him, especially during the first season um, on social media, and he had listened yeah. to a couple of our shows, and How it was, sweet it's just is that? cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're just like so, they're just a part of the community already, and I, I absolutely love that. I'm so happy for them. Yeah. So hopefully we're not done with some of these characters. Um, I did see something, I think StarWars.com posted it about um, in the in the Rise of Skywalker when we see all those ships come yeah. to fight on Exegol that um, some of the ships from Resistance are in the background, which I have not seen. So Yes, go to StarWars.com. They have all the pictures of the um, the renderings they did to make to bring these cartoon ships to like a real life esque, um, you know, design. Um, mm-hmm. And it says because uh, this is one of Bucket's lists. Um, it says that. Um, it's it's the fireball. It's Jarek Eager's racer, and it's Toradoza's um, ship. And it says that we can also keep our eyes peeled for a number of mining guild freighters from Star Wars Resistance and the Epic Clash. Which wow. I thought was really cool. Yeah, definitely got to take a look at that. 
Well, um, I know that season one came out on DVD, and I'm hoping that we get this on DVD, but I did see something online that said, I think on February 25th, that this season, season two of Resistance, will be available on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, so yes. if you don't have it recorded or you don't have on demand or anything, you'll be able to get the whole season come February 25th. Hopefully it's on comes out on DVD though. Like I need it on DVD. Just oh, yeah. I like that no, like it's... physical copy, you know. Oh yeah, they're not going to miss out on that opportunity. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. sure there'll be like extra stuff too on the DVD. I hope at least. Yeah. Stuff that maybe isn't necessarily on Disney Plus. Yeah. All right, well we got a lot of new Star Wars content coming up. We are starting Crash of Fate. For our book club this month in February, we also have Clone Wars Season 7, the seventh and final season beginning later on in this month as well. So we have a lot to look forward to and a lot to discuss um, coming up here on Twin Suns Transmission. Jesse, before we go, where can people find us on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under the handle at Twin Suns Outpost. All right, and if you're looking for places to listen to our show, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side. You'll find all of our episodes there. You can also find us on the Star Wars podcast app through the Google Play Store and on iTunes. And if you enjoyed this episode and you think we're pretty wizard, go ahead and give us a good rating on iTunes. All right, thanks so much for listening to episode 161 of Twin Suns Transmission, where we discuss the final four episodes of Star Wars Resistance. Like I said, we'll be back with a lot more later on in the month, so make sure to continue to talk to us on social media, and uh, we'll see you later on in the month with content from The Clone Wars and A Crash of Fate. Thanks so much, and we'll see you later. As always, may the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always. Airmaster Tatooine. It's controlled by the Hutt. Point on, how do we? This time you will murder to me, I think.